What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to uh, Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also follow our social media accounts on Twitter and on Facebook. Today on Guest Friday, I am joined by my good friend and uh, Springfield College alumni, uh, Nick Paranick. Nick, what's going on? Not too much, Garrett. Glad, uh, glad to have me. Uh, excuse me. Glad to have uh, to be on the podcast today. Thanks for having me on. Um, ready to dive in. Guest Friday. It feels good. Uh, end of the week. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm. I'm also glad to have you as well. Um, yeah, it's always good to you know talk Bruins, um, especially at a time that they're playing really well. Um, I also wanted to say that. Uh, for, for those of you that might remember, uh, Nick and I tried to start a hockey podcast back when we were at Springfield. Uh, did not really, yeah, did not really get off the ground. Hey, you know, sometimes you just got to put your foot forward and, and try your best, but it didn't work out for us. But I'm, I'm glad that to see where this podcast has taken you yeah. and uh, it's a great listen. So, yeah. you know, it all works out. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so to jump right in with the Bruins... Um, obviously, since the new year, they've won eight out of ten. They've played really, really good hockey. Um, what are some of the things that you've been noticing? Well, the things that have been 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 jarring for me, obviously, and to the whole you know hockey world, is you know breaking up the line, the perfection line, as they like to be called on what was formerly NBC Sports Network. But uh, it's nice seeing that you know change of pace a little bit. Um, you know, as much as it do, it, do, it does uh, kind of pain me to say because I was such a fan of that line. I mean, it is perfect. Um, but, you know, the lack of scoring from Pasternak and the lack of, you know, secondary scoring seem to continue to be, you know, the trend as it usually is. Um, and so, so far, I've been really pleased with how that second line has contributed. Um, I think Craig Smith kind of steps up and elevates his game when he's playing with the two of those guys in Marshy and Bergeron. Um, so to see what Hall can do now uh, will, be, will be interesting. I've liked the addition of Halla in the offseason. I think he's been playing pretty well. And then Pasternak's kind of just, you know, lighting right up, uh, now being switched to that second line. So that's been the, the main standout to me so far. And then the other jarring thing, of course, is the goalie situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that um, a lot of people weren't really sure how that was going to play out um, with Tuca coming back. You know, obviously, he's played two games so far. You know, he's looked all right. You know, I think it's it's unfortunate that he couldn't get time in in providence because i think that he definitely could have used that yeah i do as well i i don't think that i don't think that he should have just started in the nhl right away i think that you know just like any professional athlete you get your rehab starts in and uh especially coming off, off of a surgery like that i'm not saying that you know he's not pro ready but i'm just saying you know minor leagues just for two games and yeah. get back into game shape um even if he's, you know, playing, you know, just a little bit of time, mm-hmm. maybe switching off with someone else down there for a few games and then getting back up here mm-hmm. uh, would have probably been the smarter move. But you just kind of see, like, that that kind of shines true in a game like last night. I'm not putting that game on him because I don't think the Bruins showed up. Um, that's kind of an impossible thing to put on a goaltender. Um, but, you know, it, it was kind of just like, you know, could we, could the Bruins have, you know, jump-started him a little bit better than they did? Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, I think it's obviously unfortunate that the games he was going to play in Providence got postponed due to COVID, but it's like 
there there's no reason that they could have just had him play a different game you know rather than just bringing him up to the nhl like i didn't i didn't really see what the rush was you know i think like you kind of take it as as slow as you can but you know it is what it is he's here and i think you know with more playing time hopefully he just gets a little more into the swing of things yeah, and now we'll see what happens. You know, I, I'm really interested to see what happens with this goaltending situation because at first I'm just, like, screaming at management, like, how could you bring three goalies, in? like, three pro-ready goalies into this, you know, and, and the biggest part of this whole thing for me is Olmark's no-movement clause and the, the mm-hmm. amount that they signed him to. Mm-hmm. It's been the most confusing and head-scratching part, but at the end of the day, I've realized that the team probably is better off with Rask than Jeremy Swayman, mm-hmm. and that's no knock on Jeremy Swayman. Sure. It is unfortunate for him. Mm-hmm. Um, to be sent back down to the minors, but another year down there or the rest of the season down there will will only help him out. I mean, he's going to get once he's back in the lineup, he's going to be playing unlimited minutes, I'm sure. Um, so all of the, all of that will help. I mm-hmm. think that it, he elevated Olmark's game because I think at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, and, and Rask obviously has since Rask returned as well. But I think at the beginning of the year, I was really disappointed in Olmark and ready to turn him turn him out and just say bring back Rask and just get rid of him. Obviously, with the no-movement clause, it's really hard to do that. Um, but I think Olmark has kind of shown me that he can be a premier goalie in the yeah. NHL. Um, it might need a little bit more time and a little bit more you know, trust from his teammates and, him, and himself, but yeah. in time, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would I would agree that I think um, the Olmark definitely got out of the gate slowly, and I think that that was you know, unfortunate, but I think... Um, him and Swayman, I mean, I think for the first half of this season or first whatever you want to say, that you got a pretty good look at, you know, what the next few years is probably going to look like with the two of them sharing the net. You know, Tuka likely is just here for the rest of the season. I mean, personally, I'd be shocked if he's back past this season because then I think things get really interesting. I would be shocked as well. I, from what he said in his press conferences, Garrett, it sounds like, you know, it's my last chance to win with the guys. Right. It's my last chance with Bergeron, last chance with, you know, yeah. Marshy. Like, he's giving it a go. His yeah. hips are done. His knees are done. Like, yeah. just give it a go. Why not? Yeah, and, yeah um, play for beer. He feels a lot more flexible now, but yeah. we'll see how that, that happens. Like, you know, as, as much as he's playing, if he's going to keep playing in an elevated role, we'll see how, you know, if he can keep up with the workload as we go on. And I'm not saying he's washed by any means, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, yeah, you have to watch out. I mean, if it's, he's saying it's his last year, he's going to go balls to the walls, but is he just going to get injured again? That's always a question you should have with Rask. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, of course. And I think, you know, Swayman being in Providence, you know, I don't think is the worst thing for him. And, you know, by the way, if something happens, if Tuga re-aggravates the hip or hurts himself in some other way, or, you know, one of the goalies – you know, gets a positive test, Swayman will right, be right back up. Yeah, it's not a bad place to be in. It's yeah. just you just want to disgruntle Swayman because he had been starting so much. That's, yeah. the only, that's the only issue. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, and I think, I think, and I said this to someone else, like, he's a good kid. He's got a good head. You know, I think that he realizes that, you know, sure, he's shown a lot in the 27 games that he's played in Boston, but I think... You know, he probably also realizes that, you know, hey, I can probably deal with this for half a season and then, you know, he'll be back. And I think he even said to Sweeney, like, he wants the net back, you know, if it's possible. Right. 
Yeah, he even said that. Did you say to Sweeney? He's also said that to Cassidy too, directly. Yeah, he said yeah, something like, "Oh, if something happens, is the like is is the net is, is the, the net mine?" You yeah, need this yeah you exactly. Need something like that. They're, they're, beginning of this year, it felt like they were trying to find their identity. But you need like if your third goaltender is going to be the guy that's been like, "I want to play any means necessary," like get me back in there. If it starts from the bottom, and then you know you're going to get from the top from Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, then. You you should be good one through you know one through twenty in your lineup. But, you know, I still think it's a team. Although they're hot in the second half, I think they're still trying to find themselves a little bit. Yeah. I think, especially with the scoring and uh, size on defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they've been. I, I don't want to say they've been lucky, but I think they've been lucky enough that you know the secondary scoring has appeared in the way that I think they wanted it to when they made some of these moves in the off season. Um, now, obviously, I still think they are in need of more size on defense, like you just said, um, and probably someone else that can, you know, score or someone that can fill the second center. Um, but I think it's been encouraging that you've seen, you know, as you mentioned, Pasternak, Taylor Hall, you know, Eric Halla, who I think finally is starting to play the way that we all thought he would play when he signed here. You know, Craig Smith starting to score some goals and. You're seeing the the fourth line. You're seeing those guys play really, really well. Yeah, I mean, it's been a nice, nice change of pace, except for last the last game where yeah. they lost seven to one. Sure. Um, to see that scoring and to see it kind of ramp up, and um, y- you know, I think this team's kind of finding finding an edge, biting in, and and you mm-hmm. know, just trying to do what they can to get to the playoffs, and you know, kind of push through and make it this make this their their year. At the beginning of the year, I was not sold on them at all. Um, oh. You know, if you were to add anyone or do anything to change this team, what would be your, like, number one need? Because obviously, I think goaltending we've kind of talked about, and that's pretty solid. Um, Forward, it would be nice to add someone, but the salary cap does, you know, unfortunately exist in hockey and for this team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you add anyone to the forward group or the D pair? Well, so defensively, I think that they're in a pretty good spot, I think, relatively speaking. But I, I still think adding another defenseman that maybe can play a little bit physical can give you like 16, 17, 18 minutes a night. You know, you're not looking for someone that's going to be like a number one, number two defenseman. You're not looking for that. But I think if you're going to play against some of these teams like Tampa and Washington, you know, teams that are going to try to play heavy, I think it makes sense for them to go out and get another defenseman. But you know, I'm not sure how they do that because I think one of the resolutions they have to they have to figure out what they're doing with Jake Dabrowski, and I think, you know, do you try to flip him for a defenseman? Do you try to flip him for another young forward that's in a similar situation as he is? Um, but I think defensively, you look at someone that maybe can come cheap but can give you big minutes, like heavy minutes, for you. Um, and I think forward wise, you know, it's you probably would like to look for a second a second center. Um, yep. And I also think, you know, and maybe, I don't know if this is the same thing, but I think you also have to realize that your core group is getting older and this might kind of be it for some of these guys. And I think I might just say, screw it, go shoot for the moon and try to trade for JT Miller, try to trade for someone like Hurdle. And, you know, it pains me to say it, but you might have to trade someone like Studnika. Because I think 
someone like Miller or Hurdle is going to help you now way more than Studnika is going to help you right now. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of proven goal scorers. They're guys that can get it done. And, you know, someone like that coming to, like Hurdle coming into this team, I mean, I'd take Hurdle over, uh, I don't know, probably nine of the forwards right now that we currently have. Yeah. And that's not like a knock on the Bruins, really. It's not really a knock. It's just, it's just where they ended up being right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did kind of botch the draft in 2015. We don't have to reminisce on that. Um, they do have a tough time bringing in big-name free agents. I think you can blame Sweeney, Sweeney a little bit more mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. But, you know, you could definitely make a case for a trade. I was surprised that the Bruins were never in on Eichel. Yeah, I mean... They were and they weren't. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with... And, you know, this also kind of goes back to these players that I mentioned. The Bruins don't really have a big... Don't have a great, like, asset pool in terms of the draft picks, in terms of the the prospects. And, you know, other teams have some really good prospects or assets that they can deal. And the Bruins just... Local guys, like, left and right. No one proven. And it's it's hard to to move people like that and... You're right. I mean, Stadnika is probably the best prospect on the forward group. Mm-hmm. Um, Debrusque has been on the trading block since November. We haven't moved him for anyone. No, yeah. no interest really in him. So it's yeah. it's the Bruins have their back against the walls. They don't really have many much leverage. Yeah, the one of the the thing that I'm curious about for Debrusque is that it seems like we've seen him play a little bit better since the trade request. As weird as that sounds, and oh, so sure. my I'm wondering if. Is Sweeney trying to play him and trying to up his value so that other teams will look at his play and be like, oh, okay, this is kind of the player that he was maybe a couple of years ago. Um, That's my only thought as to why he's not been traded yet. Um, I could see them trying to move him for another young forward that is in a similar situation that is just kind of not really shaking it with the team that they're on. Um, Change of scenery. It's always nice. Yeah. yeah. So I think. How about a guy like Evander Kane? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Might be the worst guy in the league. I don't think I could name you a worse guy in the league. Maybe Tom Wilson, but. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We don't. We don't have to Tom talk. Tom Wilson about can play. Yeah. We do. We don't have to. Don't have to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. Um. So obviously, you know, scoring depth has helped. You know, it was uh, too bad to see them. You know, get get scored on seven times last night um you know one of the things that and i know that you know majority of this is talking about how good they've been but the last two games they've had some some issues uh in their own zone defensively turning the puck over uh being a little careless with the puck i think that you know in in that game against nashville they were able to, to overcome it obviously win in overtime but you can't play that way against carolina and they you know came ready to play and you were not yeah, I mean, if you don't step up and you don't, you know, take things seriously, you're going to get your doors blown off. It's the National League. Like, you are not going to just be able to, like, swing right by. So, um, be interesting to see how they respond. Um, you know, a lot more lot more to come uh, in the next, you know, month or so. And then what was supposed to be the uh, Olympic break coming up. I'm interested to see what happens with that. Have you heard that players are thinking about retiring? going to the Olympics and then unretiring. That was the news of today. I've um, never, I've not PSN. heard of it. Yeah, I've not PSN heard of it. was breaking that today. I saw Marsh, Marshan's name on the list. Interesting. Yeah. 
I did not hear that. Um, the only thing I heard is relating to the Olympics was the NHL had uh, released the schedule of like games that are going to be or games that were postponed that are going to be played during the Olympic break. Right. Um, Which is smart. I mean, yeah. I mean, you use that time. I, I'm kind of a little disappointed that they couldn't go, but I totally understand. It's very hard to go to China, make that make that work right now. But yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is the article I was talking about. I just pulled it up here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to you know find a loophole to go to the Olympics because these players are just so you know down to, to represent their team, and I, I respect it. But at the same time, I understand from the NHL's perspective how impossible it really would be this year yeah i understand both i mean i understand why guys want to go and guys want to represent their countries and for some of these guys you know marshan included you know whoever else this might be their last shot and i totally well i would sit here and say i totally understand but i don't but at the same time like you have to understand that it is very is very hard to go to china and especially you know, if you go there and you get a positive test, you're stuck there for weeks. And it's just like, I I don't know if there are players that are really willing to take that risk. Yeah. No. Um, no, there's not as many as, as, you know, they kind of put out there on social media. Um, but what's nice is, you know, we got games leading right up through up to and through the Olympic Games. And then we'll sure. get bonus hockey during the Olympic Games with all those college players that we've seen. Yeah. So it's nice. And um you know, tomorrow starts a nice homestand for the Bruins, three-game homestand against mm-hmm. the Capitals, who, of course, are always dangerous. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to that uh, starting up tomorrow. Or, excuse me, starting on Thursday. Um, and then following that will be the Jets at home on Saturday mm-hmm. and then the Ducks. So, you know, three good teams coming into your place. I mean, the Ducks, I'm kind of just interested to see how they play. You know, they got some young guys that add a little bit of flair. Um, yeah. So it'd be nice to see how they match up against the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, with a three-game homestand, I think that they are finishing uh, seven straight home games. So I think, you know, that's been good to see them kind of get off to a good start in the new yeah, year. Straight. Wow, that is a long homestand. Why was I not aware of that? That's crazy. <laughs> they they have been home since uh, 12th when wow. they played Montreal. And they've been home for, you know, four straight and now, Is that you know, COVID postponements more. And, and rescheduling? yes, because that game in Montreal was supposed to be in Montreal. Oh, wow. And then they moved it because of, uh, you know, COVID reasons, I guess. And the league is rescheduled. So one of the things, though, I'm confused about is I see it. I seem to remember that there were games being played in Toronto, but that they were postponing other games in Canada. And it kind of was like, OK, like, right. what are what are we doing? But. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know I didn't. What's going on with Canada currently? Honestly, I have no idea because I'll turn on, you know, my TV and I'll throw on whatever game's on at, you know, seven, eight, even ten o'clock. And you know, once in a while we'll see Edmonton rock, like just skating with no fans or whatever. And yeah. then you, you hear all these games in Canada are being postponed. I've I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um. So to look at some of the games, the um, uh, tweet here from uh. Our, our mutual friend, uh, Pat Donnelly, he has yeah. a little, uh, put a little thing together that list, lists the uh, games that are going to be made up. So the Bruins will make up their games against Pittsburgh, Carolina, um, and Colorado 
on the 8th of February, the 10th of February, and then the 21st, respectively. Um, and then the rest of those games are games that were postponed in other cities. So the Bruins will travel to Ottawa February 12th, travel to New York to play the Rangers February 15th, play the Islanders February 17th in New York. Um, they'll play Ottawa again in February on the 19th. And then they have the game rescheduled, or two games rescheduled, against Montreal in March and in April. So good to see those games being made up. That's kind of fascinating about the retirement thing. I did not see that. Yeah, if I find more, I'll text you about it. But yeah, yeah right now, what I know is I saw a couple players named. I think Stamkos was one of them, huh. uh, Martian. But the, the that was today that I saw another graphic on it. But I, I think that... You know, at this point with the with the rosters being listed, I think it's kind of too late now. Yeah. Um, but it's still interesting. I mean, players are willing to give up, you know, what they what they have with the NHL, and yeah. you know, maybe it would ruffle some feathers within management. But who knows? Maybe with the CBA, it's within their rights. Yeah. Um, another thing that I was uh, curious to to talk about was uh, the All Star Game. Now the uh, rosters for the All Star Game were announced the last man in was announced um and nowhere on the roster for the atlantic division is brad marchand uh i I mean i I don't know how that's possible it's completely criminal um i'm trying to come up i'm trying to come up with like why because it doesn't make sense there is there is no good reason Hmm. there there can't be i mean the guys played phenomenally um having you know, yet another just phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. You know, Marchie's a guy that you look at, he's undersized. He's always been that kind of like Dustin Pedroia like type feel for the, this Bruins team. And just every year, he just continues to just, you know, score and produce yeah. and be a leader and get under people's skin. And, you know, although he still ha- kind of has that rat mentality yeah. and can kind of like take it a little too far, he's maybe the most valuable player on the Bruins. Mm-hmm. And, for him to not even be mentioned in all-star voting is just laughable. And yeah. I kind of feel bad for him, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it does have something to do with his demeanor. Uh, maybe he's being, I don't know. I, maybe players, our fans and, you know, management and owners don't want to see him in a game like that. I, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. Yeah, it is. It is very strange. You know, obviously no disrespect to, to Bergeron who made the team for the third right. time of his, in his third time in his career. Um, you know, that'll be a nice honor for him. It's always um, nice to see guys get recognized and be able to play in, you know, events that are really just just outstanding events. I mean, I think as much as the NHL is criticized for a, a bevy of things, I think that they do do a good job of setting up these type of events. Um, so I'm going to be curious to, to watch the game. Um, I also think that... Um, are they doing a full skills competition? Are well, that's I don't know. I'd have yeah. to I'd have to look into that. Um, I also think that the all star rosters just need to be changed too. Like I think I understand the three on three tournament and that the teams are going to be smaller, but you got to add some more players because I think that there are some players that missed out that really shouldn't have. Yeah, and even someone like like Kadri, he had to be voted in last man in, and he's you know fourth yeah, fourth in the league in points like. Yeah, How is he not selected? Year. Yeah. So. Yeah, it looks like I'm looking at it here. The the weekend starts on February 4th. Um, hmm. They'll do the skills presented by DraftKings. 
Um, speed, skill, accuracy, physical strength. I don't know what the physical strength is. Hmm. Maybe that's a new thing. And then on Saturday the 5th, um, it'll be the Honda All-Star. It doesn't say All-Star game. All-Star. Yeah. These best players, fast plays, three-on-three mm-hmm. um, tournament with three games leading up to, I'm sure, a championship. Yeah, so, were you? That's pretty cool. I, I yeah. don't know what they're talking about in terms of a, you know, a physical strength competition. But yeah. I'm all ears. Hey, um, they're going to. a good job, Garrett, with just how they've continued to yeah. make changes because – I think with a lot of all-star games, like no one watches the Pro Bowl, no one really cares about the NBA. Like dunk contest is boring because not the best dunk, the best dunkers don't go into it. Yeah. But what I like about the NHL All-Star Game is that the best players don't opt out. If you're yeah. the fastest player, most of the time you're doing the fastest skater. If you're Chara and you're you know trying to win a Stanley Cup that year and you could injure yourself doing the hardest shot, you're still taking it. It's sure. all for the fans. It's all for enjoyment, and that's what I like about the NHL. One. I even went to the AHL one in Springfield. Mm. It's a copy of the NHL's model, but mm. it's still very fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, that's always a, a fun event to to watch for the 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 strength thing. I mean, I wonder what they're going to do. Are they going to, like, arm wrestle each other? That would be kind of funny. Like, I don't know. Maybe everyone should have to fight Chara. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Fight Chara. Or... Did you see his fight? Uh, what was it, last night? I, I think I caught I caught part of it, yeah. He, he beat the crap out of some guy. I don't even know who it was. Uh, I think that he was playing the Flyers, and he just, just pounded the guy's face in. And he only landed like four punches, but that's all you need when you're yeah. sitting on Chara. And he just made sure he was okay afterwards. He's like, you good, bud? You good? You good? Just a that's, professional. So. Yeah, that is uh, – yeah, that that's always so funny about him. I mean, obviously the big – I mean, literally the biggest player in NHL history, but like – does actually like care about people which is kind of wild yeah and it's funny because like my friends who don't maybe watch hockey as much they'll come over and we'll throw on a game a random game or just on the fly or something like that and they'll be like no crap chara's still in the league i'm like yeah you wouldn't believe it i don't know if his family's in new york with him but it's he just wants to keep playing yeah. man and you can't really knock a guy like that i know you got to give him all the credit in the world he's taking veteran minimums for you know playing huge minutes he's old as hell yeah but he's still doing his thing so yeah. I, I give him a ton of credit and yeah um one of the things i uh did want to talk about is obviously the bruins had a pretty pretty bad performance last night but um the celebration and the retirement of willie o'ree's number last night was uh really special and i just wanted to talk about that for a few minutes it just was really special to see just a really great you know the Bruins always go all out for those type of you know jersey retirements or, or whatever it is yeah it was great I mean Willie has been as cliche as it sounds he's been a trailblazer for black athletes and for black hockey players and without him I don't think we have the league that we have today and um, mm-hmm. we all can sit here and talk about you know the fact that the NHL and hockey as a sport has a huge race race problem, mm-hmm. um, and there's you know multiple issues within the sport. Um, but Willie O'Ree has been there every step of the way to make sure that he's been as inclusive and as as you know as much of a leader as he can for you know underprivileged and, and black uh, athletes. He's been named an ambassador for youth sports in Canada. He's been you know part of the Bruins uh, organization for a few years now. 
and he's just done tremendous things. So to see him honored like that um, was was just was really touching, and it's glad, glad I'm glad they could do it during COVID, during yeah. you know all this stuff. And they do do they do put on a great show, retiring numbers. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to you know the next few numbers retired by the Bruins. But I want to thank mm-hmm. Willie um, for you know what he's done, and you know I learned a lot about him over the past few years, and what he's done you know in the sport has been tremendous, and it was not easy for him to, you know, break that barrier. Um, but he, you know, persisted and, you know, here he is today being honored, you know, by one of the biggest clubs in hockey, in professional hockey. And it's just really touching. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really special last night. Just, I think how much he means to the Bruins organization, how much he means to the NHL, how much he means to, you know, the sports world, you know, truly, uh, very, you know, not just someone that, you know, broke the color barrier, but also someone who's just a very special person and, you know, makes you feel very special. Um, or at least what I've heard when I've talked to people about him. Um, just, yeah, a really great, great ceremony. Um, it was neat to see that uh, I believe the Bruins wore, all the players wore 22 in the pregame. Yes. Um, one of the things I was thinking about today is, you know, baseball does the Jackie Robinson day where every player wears 42. I mean, I think the NHL could could think about adopting something like that and have every player wear 22 for all the teams that play um, on the 18th of January. I would love to see that happen. And I've, I've been told that the someone told me that the Capitals are coming to town and they will be wearing um, decals on their helmets during the game. Um, so that'll be you know interesting to see. And maybe the whole league will follow suit. It looks like it would be intermittent, like it would just be like kind of sporadic this year. But sure. going forward, it'd be great if uh, the commissioner would just, you know, kind of put that in place. Yeah. Well, good. I'll have. Uh, deserves it, so yeah. why not? I'll have something to look forward to when I uh, go to the game on Thursday. So that'll be. Uh, oh, you're heading in. I'm heading in. Yeah, that'll be. Oh. Uh, be a good time. Be my first uh, Bruins game since uh, March seventh, twenty twenty. Oh jeez, you went right before everything shut down. Right before. Yep. It was. Uh, Honestly, one of the wildest hockey games I've ever been to, you know, brawls just constantly in Who that second it? period. Who was it? Uh, it was Tampa. Tampa. They played wow. Tampa, yeah. and there were, like, three or four brawls in the second period. Wow. Um, I don't know. You could see something like that because the Bruins, you know, last meeting with the Capitals put seven goals on them. So, True. you know, we'll see. But, you know, hopefully Bruins keep it going. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's tough losing a game like that. But, you know, I think as – Tuka Rask said after the game that, you know, you're never as good or as bad as you think you are. So I think, you know, it's hopefully a humbling experience that the Bruins are like, okay, we have to just go back and keep going back to the grindstone and get back to, you know, what they were good at, you know, before losing a game like this. Yeah, and like you said, it's not going to be easy tomorrow going up against the Capitals team. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're a solid team. They've only, you know, lost nine games in regulation all year. Yeah. So it's, it's a team that can kind of grind you down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tom Wilson scored the overtime winner last night. Um, they've been just able to, and even when they can't win in regulation, they find a way to win an OT or a shootout. Yeah. And, you know, that's what's so deadly about them. They just don't give up. They have a full roster, a full lineup, and, They've had the same core. It's kind of like the Bruins almost, where they have that core of guys right. who've kind of been the foundation for them for so many years and provided great leadership. And then you have some young guns and some new guys that kind of whip around as well. So um, should be an interesting matchup again tomorrow night, see how they play after the break and, you know, first meeting since all the uh, B 
BS has uh, was ensued. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. To it, you know, looking forward to how the Bruins will respond against three, you know, fair, pretty, pretty good teams. You know, Washington's coming in. You got Winnipeg, and then you got Anaheim. Um, so you know, Bruins got to be ready. Got to be starting on time. You know, can't be. It can't be giving up five goals in a period. Um, so yeah, you know, I think uh, that that probably probably does it for us, Nick. Unless you got any other Bruins stuff you wanted to talk about. No, I mean, I'm glad you brought up Pat Donnelly too. By the way, that was great. I mean, he's been writing some great articles for NHL.com this yeah. year with the Bruins. So absolutely, uh, it was great to be on. Um, not your average Boston sports podcast is <laughs> just. Great to ha- uh, great to talk to you again, man. And uh, looking forward to some more hockey coming up. Like we said, Olympics coming up. Yeah, uh, All Star Weekend, and then um, I'm looking forward to Suffolk hockey getting back on track. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good to maybe uh, catch some games uh, uh, virtually or in person because I have a you know vested interest in, in the team. Yes, we both do. So yeah, we both do. <laughs> Well, thanks again for having me on, man. Uh, yeah. It's always a blast to get to talk to you and get to talk hockey. So yeah, thank- absolutely. Uh, so uh, at the end, Nick, anything you want to plug personally? Personally, right now, I'm 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 good. Anyone want to hire me? Feel free. Uh, <laughs> I graduate in May from Suffolk, so there you go. looking forward to you know putting my name in on some applications good. in the college or professional sports world. So give me a call. Yeah, I cannot recommend you highly enough. Thanks, Garrett. You too. All right. All right, guys. Uh, Hope you enjoyed uh, Guest Friday this week. We'll be back with you guys next week. Have a good weekend, everyone. See ya.